Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charma Amber and our guest today, Nancy Morbacher, co-author of Breastfeeding Made Simple. If you have a question for Nancy, please feel free to email it to q at masteringourselves.com. You know, if you don't breastfeed, I believe there's a number of more likely possibilities uh, that happen. And I'll just start. We talked about worse health, and, you know, that seems rather obvious and, and documented. I believe more, you know, there's more social and emotional dysfunction, sexual dysfunction, awkwardness, both emotionally, socially, and sexually more, not always, but more, uh, shyness, neediness, uh, extra anger and irritability, uh, a lot of times uh, s- sex will happen too fast or unsatisfyingly so it doesn't last and it just is a frustration. And then I think a lot of today's uh, huge market of perversion and, and, and people being stuck in, in perverted ways comes from not having their required connection with especially their mother. You there, Nancy? I am. I'm here. I was just listening. <laughs> What do you think? Well, I, I think it's certainly true in our society. We have, we have stopped appreciating the breast for what it's really there for. I mean, any society where mothers are made to feel awkward about breastfeeding their babies in public tells us that, that there's been some attribution to the breast that was never intended. So you know, I, you know, I, I, I think when we finally get to a stage where breastfeeding becomes our cultural norm, you know, no one will think twice about seeing a baby at the breast. And, in fact, mothers will be congratulated rather than being given a hard time, as often happens today. You know, we um, I witnessed uh, a woman who was in a store that we used to own, and uh, she had her baby, well, not quite, probably a two-year-old uh, on in a harness over her her front Mm-hmm. And the baby just kept pulling her breast out, sucking it for about two seconds and then leaving it, and she kept putting it in. I watched this for a half an hour, and she probably pulled that breast out 30 times. Mm-hmm. And um, I I noticed that it was irritating to me. Now, that's like the the you know, she was a hippie type person that was like really an extreme and I thought inappropriate. Now, on the flip side... You can have a mother who's discreet and feeding, feeding her baby out in public, but doing it discreet, and I don't see any problem with that. Yeah. Well, you know, it was interesting. I remember um, some years ago when I worked on one of Lalaisha League's publications, uh, someone sent me a picture that was taken in Africa, and it was a picture of a mother. She, in her lap, she was weaving a basket, and there was a child standing next to her, probably about two years old, and what the child had done was grabbed one of her breasts and put it up to his mouth and was sucking on it. And the caption below the photo was, Lesotho woman weaving a basket. And I thought that that was really interesting because in that culture, you know, the fact that the child was two years old standing next to the mother and nursing was so normal that no one even thought to mention it in right. the caption. And right. so, you know, it, it all depends on cultural norms. You know, yes. I, I, we have a... A cultural anthropologist who who wrote about her experience in Mali, and she said actually in many other cultures, people don't even see the breast as as a sexual object at all, mm-hmm. yep. and in fact they don't even use the breast during foreplay during sex. It's just considered you know there to nourish the child. That's its entire function. Right. And of course in our culture, 
we have quite the opposite where it's considered appropriate to use breast cell products, you know, in advertising, but to use it to, to nurture a child is considered, you know, bad taste. So it's, it all depends on where you live, I guess. Yeah, you know, to uh, be way exposed breastfeeding when you're around a bunch of horny men, it, it doesn't work. It's not the right setting. And there are cultures and there are uh, settings with very m- mild, decent people, you know, mm-hmm. family people that it's yeah. just fine and, and everything. So, you know, it's, you know, I used to work in, on the railroad and, and uh, you have all these guys out working and everything. And then you would have a, a, a woman out there. And um, I'll tell you, there were so many um, guys with chips on their shoulders and disadvantaged, you know, and they the women would simply get blasted with vibes. Mm-hmm. I think it was simply, you know, a wrong setting for her and, you know, abusive to her, and, and the guys uh, didn't uh, become the men that they could be. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think there's appropriate settings for all this mm-hmm. stuff. And ideally, you know, people could simply be natural, but... You know, it's simply, uh, you know, in the in the little town where I am, you know, you could see where maybe uh, 20% of the guys would really be eyeing the breast and just sort of get, you know, get distracted about it. And 80% would, would not even, you know, be okay and not look and be decent about it. So well, it was interesting when we had the National Breastfeeding Awareness Campaign a few years ago. They actually did quite a few surveys to try to find out about people's comfort level with breastfeeding. Right. And what they found was actually the group of people that had the most issues with breastfeeding were women in their 50s and 60s. Judgments. It wasn't actually the men at all. Um, uh, yeah. It was mostly the women. And I would say these were probably women who came from a generation where breastfeeding wasn't as common, so it wasn't something they were familiar with. Uh, I know in my own family, as I mentioned, I was the first in three generations to breastfeed. And I remember when I first brought my, my first baby to a family gathering and my mother said to me, well, we don't want you doing that, you know, out in the open here. You know, your brothers might see something. And my brothers at the time were grown men who were married. Right. And so I started off, I, I decided I'd try to keep the peace and I went into a back room. And what I discovered was my baby, every time we left the, the group, my baby would get more agitated and you know, want to nurse more, and so it was, I, I felt like I couldn't join join my family, so eventually I, I came around to using a blanket as a cover-up, and I'd come out with a sure. blanket, and, yep. and then everybody kind of got used to that, and then after a while, I just lost the blanket, and I'll never forget a few years later when one of my younger brothers uh, had brought one of their friends with a newborn to my parents' house, and I heard my mother say, yep. Oh, just sit down and breastfeed. We're used to that here. And I thought, well, I guess somebody had to do it. You know we're, that. Kind of, we're kind of at that phase right now, I think, in our society where, you know, we're sort of starting to get used to the idea, but not everybody's completely on board. And and I think once we get to the point where it just becomes a normal thing that you see, then people right. will lose that discomfort with it. You know, there's respect both ways. You did a nice, respectful, gradual introduction, and then it became a mm-hmm. non-issue. So That's you respected right. That's them, exactly right. and they learned to respect you. That's exactly right. You know, there's people that will just put it in everyone's face Either way, you know, they'll judge you hard for doing it or they'll just flaunt themselves. And either way, I don't think is respectful for the different uh, human dynamics going on. But to give it a chance to just gradually introduce and respect different people's, uh, you know, like if, if you're around a bunch of people that just don't like it and will judge and everything, go go someplace else. But if you can introduce a... 
lovely thing, a natural, warm, wonderful thing that makes a home even a better home into your family or into your world. I think that's really good. I'll say a one-year-old who was doing fine for a while and then started to get agitated, and she could see that this one-year-old wanted to breastfeed. And, and in the seat next to her was a young man who was clearly uncomfortable yes. with what was going on, and, and he, she could see that he was looking very nervous. And she, the, the punchline was when she finally said to him, here, we have a baby blanket. Would you like to put it over your head? <laughs> <laughs> and that broke the ice. And then, you know, he, the, the mother breastfed, and, and the, the young man actually, even just in the course of that period, got comfortable, and he, he finally said, gosh, that's just what that baby needed, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I think sometimes you have to take into account who who's the adult here, too. I mean, yeah. an adult can certainly avert their eyes if it's something that they don't want to watch. But, yeah. you know, a mother in an airplane has very limited options. Yes, that's right. <laughs> You know, I'm all for respect both ways as much as you can. Yes, that's true. But I, I did want to share one thing that I think might be helpful to your listeners if they're if they're struggling with breastfeeding or yeah. they're they'd like to learn more about breastfeeding. I just created a video that is free and available online to anyone who might like to watch it. Sounds um, great. Yeah, one one thing I think that is difficult for moms if they've never seen breastfeeding, as I mentioned, that that can be a real barrier. Um, is knowing how to put the baby to the breast in a way that breastfeeding is comfortable because um, discomfort during breastfeeding is another very common reason women give up. Um, anyway, let me give you the website uh, where you can see this video. You know, I, can, I consider this a very valuable service, and thank you very much, Oh, Nancy. you're welcome. It just actually has just been up for a week now, uh, but you can find it at www.amita, and that's A-M as in Mary, E-D as in dog, A, dot com and then uh slash latch on l a t c h o n so that will go right to the page where uh you click on play video and there's a five minute video that features both animation and live action with a mother and a, her five day old baby so www.ameda.com slash latch l a t c h o n right exactly um and that the mother who was in the video was very generous to allow the whole world <laughs> to watch her and her baby. But it's it's a like I say, seeing it in action. There's just no substitute for it. Yeah. Um, and it explains, hopefully, in simple and easy to understand terms, how to breastfeed in a way that it's not going to be painful. It's going to be comfortable. And also, it explains the the instincts that babies are born with that help them to get to the breast and feed without a whole lot of help. I so bet. You that's know. a part of it, too. I think a lot of mothers approach breastfeeding feeling like it's a test of their womanhood somehow and that they need to do everything right. But I think what sometimes gets lost is the fact that just like every other mammal newborn, our babies are born knowing how to get to their food source and feed. Right, and, and what works for them. Right. You know, right. you were talking about information that automatically happens when a mother breastfeeds her baby. And I just want to go over this. They get the nutrition, they right. get the uh, natural food immune system boost for the right. child. Right, there are live cells in human milk that actually, um, there are growth factors and live cells that, that cause the, the digestive system to mature normally, that cause the immune system to become activated. Right. And, and in fact, uh, what they found when they've studied the thymus, which is an organ in the body that helps to regulate the immune system, is that babies 
who are not breastfed have a thymus that's half the size of a baby who's fully breastfed. Oh, that's telling. It is very telling. So, so there's a lot that goes on. So another part of the information to me would be like, okay, you breastfed and you're around your warm, loving mother and, mm-hmm. and having that warm milk and all that, mm-hmm. all just natural, just almost like a, just a barely a step out of the womb. Mm-hmm. And the opposite would be like uh, four stark walls around right. you compared to warm, loving, touching family and family dynamics and, and touch, you know, connected with the skin. Right. So that's all part of the information you're getting. That's correct. Versus like four stark walls where you're just like not connecting. Right. One, when in Breastfeeding Made Simple, the, our subtitle is Seven Natural Laws for Nursing Mothers. And um, our law number one is that babies are hardwired to breastfeed, which I just mentioned in the video. But law number two is mother's body is baby's natural habitat. Right. And what, what that means, actually, is they've actually done studies and found that when mothers and babies are physically separated, that the babies have a physiological response that's not, yes. not necessarily healthy. They have no. issues with blood sugar, with body temperature. All kinds of things happen that are not good for them that stress them. They, their stress hormones go way up. And so they really do need that physical contact with the mother in order to, to stay stable after birth. We got a question from a listener that is Great. a good question I'd like to put out. Uh, these folks here did an interesting thing that I've never heard of before. First of all, they're wondering... Um, if milk is so healthy, why can't we synthesize its important elements that are not available? What these people did is when, after the wife was done breastfeeding their son, uh, they continued to draw the milk from her breast and the whole family began to consume it. And he says that uh, we know that it was good because none of them have ever had a cold sense. Oh. They started doing that. And uh, he he says... Uh, my wife is pregnant again, thank God, so you know what's going to happen again. But why is it so difficult to synthesize the important elements of the breast milk? Well, keep in mind that a portion of it are live cells. So you're, if you're talking about synthesizing, ah, you're talking about creating life, which there is not you so go. easy to do. Living I mean, cells. Yeah, yes. they're living, living cells. And so, um, for example, the, the formula that you buy, of course, everything's been killed, everything that was alive. Of course, what was alive originally was for baby cows, not for baby humans. But, but whenever it's processed and put into a can, then you kill anything that's alive. And right. so that's, that's why it's good. no matter what new ingredients they add to formula, it's never going to be the same. You're going to still be missing quite a lot. So that's literally the cells that are coming through, yes. live cells. Yes. You, you can't substitute that. No. Some people call human milk. Uh, white blood because a lot of the same <sighs> ingredients are in it and of course we don't use synthetic blood unless there's an absolute emergency because we know it's not going to be nearly as good as if you have donated blood and in fact we do have milk banks where donor milk is used um, for for babies now in the scandinavian countries they use donor milk for any baby who for whatever reason can't have mother's milk in this country it's usually reserved for Babies who are premature or uh, babies who are very ill, you know, things like that. But I'm, you know, when we get to a point where our healthcare system really appreciates the importance of human milk, then I think we're going to see a lot more in terms of donor milk. In Brazil, for example, they have 120 milk banks there, 
And wow. so there are other countries who have really gotten on the bandwagon yes. in terms of providing human milk for babies, no matter what the mother's circumstances. So I don't imagine it matters if your blood type matches. You can give donor milk to any child. Well, yes. What, what happens with our milk banks in this country is that the milk is processed. Um, some of the cells are killed, but not all of them. They do something called flash pasteurization. So it does preserve um, a good portion of the, of the living cells. And also, it's interesting that uh, these people are using the milk to feed the whole family to catch them up. We have to yeah, take a break. Yeah, I've never known anyone to say that before. Yeah, that's, that's very cool. That's me. cool. Okay, you're listening to Mastering Ourselves with Keith and Charmaine Amber. Our guest today is Nancy Morbacher, co-author of Breastfeeding Made Simple. If you have a question, send it to Q at MasteringOurselves.com. We'll be right back with some more. <laughs> 